Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. If you love those stories that come full circle, you are going to love this. The Knoxville Fire Department, they've got a summer intern this year. Pretty cool, right? His nickname is OT. He's 18, just graduated high school, going off to college. And they started chatting one day and several of the firefighters realized... They had helped OT's mom deliver him when he was born. (laughs) Yep, they were there at his birth. OT is the seventh of 13 children. Whoa. And apparently he didn't want to wait for his mom's induction that was planned for the hospital. Instead, (laughs) two days early, on New Year's Day in 2005, his mom went into labor at at her mom's house. They called 911, and these guys from the Knoxville Fire Department showed up to help deliver OT and even cut the umbilical cord. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Little did they know one day he would grow up and become their intern. <laughs> and they didn't even know about it when they hired him. They're just like, so tell us about yourself. And then they're like, wait, we cut your umbilical cord. <laughs> hey, I thought I recognized you. <laughs> that is a great story. Do you have any lifelong fears of anything? I have had a lifelong fear of going to the dentist. I do not like going to the dentist. And I went yesterday for a, a routine cleaning. And for the first time, I think, in my life, I wasn't that upset about it. All right. Tell you why next. I don't know about you, but I have had a lifelong fear of going to the dentist. I don't know if I had a bad experience when I was a kid or if just the whole idea of the whole scraping and the whole whole bit just... It's definitely not fun. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So... um. I, to my own detriment, I put it off for forever for the longest time. And then COVID gave me a great excuse not to go, you know, like so. anyhow, it had been a while. So I wound up at the periodontist oh, and that man. is not fun. Um, but they're good news. You know, they were like, hey, you got here just in time. We, we corrected everything. You're good to go. But I do have to go for the first year to get four cleanings. So I've uh, like doubled the amount of cleanings. Ugh. So yesterday was cleaning number three of uh, of the year since mm-hmm. I went to the periodontist. And I went, and I was not upset about going uh, at all. And it's not because the hygienist I'm going to has convinced me that she's gentle and nice and kind. It's not because I've gotten used to it or over the fear. It's because there is so much stuff going on in my life. It was actually a nice break. <laughs> wow. I was wondering, because usually you're like ramped up. To be able to go and sit in that chair for about an hour and know no one can get to me with whatever today's latest catastrophe is. Uh-huh. It felt good. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's, I even now left you know my, what it's like to be a mom. <laughs> I left my phone in the car just so it was like a spa day. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to scrape a little longer? Right, right. right. You might, we might want to do an in-depth cleaning here and, you know, <laughs> let's not cut any corners. You know how sometimes in life it's a progressive commercial come to life, like someone's acting like their parents? Um, <laughs> that happened to us last night. Big time. I cannot wait to, to tell you about this conversation we have with this lady in just a minute. So last night my husband and I are walking through the neighborhood and I look over and I like I go, look, it's a friend. And this cat literally walked across the cul-de-sac just to greet us. Aww. And Glenn bent down and petted the cat. And the cat did that hug thing around my legs. Mm-hmm. And right then, a lady pulled up and was visiting the house where the cat lives. She spilled the tea on this whole thing with this cat. And I don't know <laughs> if the neighbor wanted us to know that she's like... Oh, be careful. That's not the nicest cat. And I was like, really? He was so nice to us. He gave us hugs and everything. And she goes, oh, 
she wouldn't mind if that cat just disappeared. She's got like five litter boxes going and that cat still makes a mess and she's got spray bottles everywhere. And I was like, oh, that sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> well, it's even worse for that lady now because the lady told you and now you're on the radio. <laughs> it's like, you know, you think about someone visiting your house, spilling the tea on be, you to the neighbor. Beware if you live in Taylor's neighborhood. <laughs> you could be next. Hey, do you want to live longer? You may want to prioritize sleep. They say Americans aren't getting enough shut-eye. In fact, a third of us get less than six hours of sleep a night. Mm. And uh, quality counts, too, because getting enough sleep can add years to your life. Uh, Following five good sleep habits added nearly five years to a man's life expectancy and two and a half years to a woman's life, according to this brand new research. Now, what do you do? To get a good night's sleep. It's, it's like something some people just chase after all the time. First, make sure you get a full seven to eight hours of sleep every night. That's tough for a lot of folks. Um, also, sleep hygiene makes a huge difference. Make what sure you're, mean? that means that making sure your bedroom is cool and dark, no screen time an hour before bed. That's like, I'm talking phone, yeah, tablet, most TV. Most people will be good if it like 30 seconds before yeah. bed. Yeah. Um, then get re- regular exercise and try to stop smoking. Hmm. Those things are going to help you sleep better. Thing that, the thing that gets me, we have five dogs and three of them sleep in bed with us, <laughs> including That's a tough. greyhound. And it's <laughs> like last night I had one of our dogs was right up against me, Artessa. And she is like, she's like sleeping next to a charcoal brookette. She just <laughs> emanate like heat radiates off of her. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've got her on my side. So I'm overheating on my right side. Meanwhile, so I'm trying to kick the blankets off of me on my left side. So my left side's freezing because I'm kicking the covers off <laughs> and it feels good until I fall asleep and I wake up and it's frozen. So I'm like half frozen, half overheated. So it's, it, I don't know how you get any sleep at all with that many dogs on the bed. Usually the most we've ever done is two. Usually it's not that bad. But last night, for some reason, it was like, oh, my gosh, dog, get away from me. And she would not move. <laughs> I tried everything. Could you give up social media if you had to? A lot of people do it for Lent or take one day a week off like Sundays. Kev, if you were to guess who has the hardest time giving up social media, what age group, what would you say? Mm, 25 to 40-year-olds. In a new poll, 36% of people said they've taken an extended break from social media because it was having a negative effect. The least likely to take breaks from social media are conservative 59 to 77 year old women living in the Midwest. (laughs) Older folks may have more time to burn on social media and many probably use it to keep in touch with families and grandchildren and no grandma is going to say she needs an extended break from seeing pictures Mm. of her grandkids. And then she fills the rest of the time up with snarky political posts, casserole recipes and... Yeah, you can have you can have my iPhone when you pry it from my cold dead fingers. <laughs> Coming up, what's your favorite way to handle the stress in your life? So, what's your favorite way to handle stress in mm. your life? It's going to happen, right? Uh, in this I prefer world. the like curl up in a ball in the corner and act <laughs> like a two year old. That works for me. We all do that from time to time, right? Nearly half of Americans believe they've never, uh, f- they'll never feel stress free again, mm. saying it's causing them to lose sleep, their blood pressure to go up, and they just can't concentrate. 
Four in 10 people admit they don't handle stress in healthy ways. For example, they'll uh, just sit and stew and think about the stress or maybe in the uh, balled up in the corner, like you said, Uh, (laughs) or they'll turn to comfort foods or other substances to cope. I guess that's why um, the, you know, the Bible says in this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. And just want to remind you that here on the Kevin and Taylor show, we try to offer you a break from the stress and good, clean fun and remind you that God is with you every step of the way and you're never alone. And even when we've got our own personal stuff going on, we try to set it aside during this time with you. Yeah. To cheer you up and Sometimes help you through the stress. more successfully than others. Yes, <laughs> as our listeners can tell from both of us. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this stress. We're talking about how do you handle stress. And, and here's what I'd like to hear from you. Give us a call. First, how do you handle stress? Second, how should you handle stress? How do you really do it? <laughs> and how do you know you should do it? I'll go first in just a minute. I, I'm not okay. proud of it, but I I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So uh, we'll talk about it next. Would love to hear from you. Give us a call. We're talking about stress and how we handle stress. We'd love to hear from you. And what we want to do is first hear how, give us the reality, how do you handle it? And then how you should handle it, how you're working. And I'll go first. I'll be honest. I'll be a little vulnerable here. Here is how I usually deal with stress. I'm pretty good at stress, but I let it build up. I let it build and build and build. I, I always call it call it stacking. Like it's all these little things. One thing stacks on top of the other, and eventually it just gives way. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, when when this camel named Kevin, when his back breaks because it's one too many straws, I tend to blow up. I have a very short and angry blow up, and then I'm fine, and then I can get on with my life. The problem with that is the. Anyone in the surrounding two-mile area is going to be on edge for the next week and a half because they're not used to seeing me that way. Because normally, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty good. Even if a lot of stuff is going on, I'm pretty good 99% of the time. It's that 1% that people go, oh my gosh, I never knew he could get that mad, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll have people tell me, oh, I couldn't see you mad. Oh, really? Ask my wife. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what happens is I'm fine, but then everybody else is upset. Mm. And I, I don't know, maybe a therapist You've would blown it a, off. A therapist yeah. would say like, "Oh, that's you, Chad, posing your aggression on other people." Whatever. I'm just telling you that's how I've mm. how I've done it, and I know it's not the way to do it. And I try to work on that. That is very vulnerable of you. That's I try to work on it, but what I've found is all I do is delay the blow up. <laughs> like I'll be on the verge of blow up and go, "Okay, you're better than this." You're like, count to ten. Thousand, <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be good. I count to ten thousand. Go okay. That was good. And then somebody cuts me off, and boom, it's game on. <laughs> so, and I think yeah. and what they, I think that's what do they say? Nature or nurture? I think that's nurture. Uh, that's how my dad handled stuff. So really? I watched, that's how I watch my dad do stuff. Yeah. The, he would, the explosion. He would have big blow up, and then mm. then anything else came his way. It was fine. But yeah. the, the big you knew the big blow up was coming at some time. But what about you? We'd love to hear from you, Taylor, how you handle stress, oh, how you handle it, and how you should handle it. <laughs> I don't it. want to take a turn. <laughs> and give us a call if you're willing to be vulnerable. We'd love to hear from you. We're all friends here, right? We're talking about stress. Everybody's got to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. No one has a stress-free life. I don't care yeah. what their Instagram looks like. They have got stress. So we're talking about how do you handle it? Uh, how do you, A, how do you handle it in reality? And B, how should you handle it? So Taylor, yeah. how do you handle stress and how should um, you handle it? Well, uh, if anyone wants to know why I trail run, that is why. <laughs> so that's when, that's me handling it well. And I don't, if I didn't have that release, 
I don't I don't know what I would do because I work mm-hmm. out a lot out in the woods. But this is what I do totally wrong. Uh, I tend to vent about my stress. Hmm. And the other not too long ago, we were having a, an event with the, the radio station and Shanti Feldhan spoke and it was profound. She said venting is the least healthy thing you can do. It activates an anger system in your brain and it turns up the heat in your brain. Yeah, I call so it spiraling. It's like, totally not. Spiraling. Yeah, not it's you, way like better to like that. if yeah. I would just vent to the huh. squirrels or just not at all. Just be like, man, that really was awful and that was very stressful. And don't go vent then to somebody because it, it ends up making it worse. Yeah, I just vent like to the to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think like, it doesn't matter if anyone's I'll be alone in my car. <laughs> I, I ran into a coworker just yesterday and she goes, you seem to be handling stress better lately. Or are you just one of those ducks and underneath the surface of the water, you're just pedaling really, really, really fast. <laughs> you know what you should have done? You should have gone quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish you were my ghostwriter. That's hilarious. So we recently had some work done in our backyard. There was a retaining wall on a hillside that needed to be replaced. And as the workmen were replacing that wall, Taylor, they found a snake, a big old scary looking snake. You hate snakes. I hate snakes. And here's the problem. We took a picture of it and Googled the snake. Apparently, these snakes do not live alone, <laughs> so there may be snaky friends elsewhere, and now it's like, I don't want to walk out in their backyard and bat my bare feet. I get nervous about letting the dogs out back, because they would Aww. totally go after the, any of them that were around. And my wife is like, oh, they've probably been there for years, and we didn't even know it. I'm like, that makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> You're scared of your own Yes, home. I'm totally on edge in our backyard now. <laughs> no. It's funny your deal is with snakes. I've got other nemesis in my life, and they're way smaller than snakes. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So it's so interesting that you're so scared of snakes. I, I They don't bother me really at all. Like I've gotten to where when I'm trail running, I see one and I can just quickly jump over it and just keep on going. Hmm. But um, I, I have a new nemesis, and it is just any kind of like ant bite. I will have itchy, awful skin for like two weeks after huh. I get an ant bite. And I don't yeah. know if it's related to me getting that yellow jacket sting. And now I'm carrying an EpiPen around <laughs> or it's like something's going on in my body. But like, look at my arm right now. Ooh. I mean, I have Hello. been itchy all weekend. All I can ew, think ew, of ew. is my sister and I ate at a restaurant outside and it was right after that that my arm started itching. So I guess maybe an ant got up on our table. At Here's the, the uh, prescription. You needed to go swimming in an ocean of calamine lotion. Oh, I've been putting so much on. Yes. I don't know about you, but I like to be low maintenance. That's that's my goal. And right now I'm feeling extremely high maintenance. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. I don't know about you, but I like to be low maintenance. That's my goal. What do you like to say, Kev? Easy, breezy, nice and peasy. What's your thing? What do you say? <laughs> Easy peasy, light and breezy. Easy peasy, light and breezy. That's what I like I to be. I have found most women that proclaim themselves as low maintenance are the total opposite of well, low maintenance. I try. I really do try. If you talk to my husband, Glenn, he would say overall certain aspects of me are very low maintenance. But mm-hmm. here's why I feel high maintenance right now. And I think any woman could 100% relate. Okay. 
it's like it, everything comes in threes. First of all, I got these weird bug bites going on. <laughs> there's three of them on my wrist. There's okay. one on my ankle and they itch so bad. And you're yeah. like in public and you're like, I sometimes smack it like this, like yeah. to try and deal with the Rather itch. Rather than scratch. Because I've got calamine lotion going. I'm trying. Every, so that's high maintenance number one. Number two, I have these cute little women know what they're called. They're they're huggy hoop earrings. Okay, Got them from nine dollars. And uh, last night, I'm trying to get ready for bed, and I bumped something, and one of them goes right down the drain. <laughs> and I have not informed my husband yet, because that's not how I wanted to, to inform him at 1030 at night on our anniversary. <laughs> hey, uh, babe. Because I know your, my husband. He would have gotten out the tools right away and right. tried to get it. <laughs> so there is an earring down my sink. And the last one is... I slapped nail polish on my toes this morning in the dark. Yeah. And any woman knows what that's like. You got to, if you want the toes out, you got to slap a little polish on there. It is, it looks like a three-year-old did it. <laughs> it's so bad. It's horrific. And I got to go around all day like this. I didn't really notice it was so dark in the bathroom. Okay. Can we I rewind for just a minute? Bad. Can we rewind for just a minute? Okay. Very, the very beginning of you telling the story, I said, I've always found women who proclaim themselves low maintenance <laughs> are the opposite. I'm saying you just told a story proving, I know, <laughs> proving I know. what I said. You're my not, goal is low fact. and right now I'm high and I don't like this feeling. I, I I'm dreading getting home from work and going, hey, uh, babe, um, there's an earring in my sink. Can you try to get it out? I mean, I, honestly, it's gone through my mind of never telling him. But then if the sink starts to back up, he'll be like, why yeah. didn't you tell and me? And he, he doesn't need to know they were nine dollars. You could be like, I splurged on those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dollar amount of how much they cost will probably increase the intensity of retrieving it. So, yeah, yeah just true. be like, I don't even want to tell you how much they cost. <laughs> <laughs> that's not lying, right? <laughs> We're talking about low maintenance. And, and I do hold that women who proclaim, proclaim themselves to be low maintenance a lot of times aren't. And I would say my wife, Tracy, fits that bill. She will tell me over and over and over again she's low maintenance. Like the other night we went to a concert at a big outdoor venue. And we wanted to get there early because we don't like to sit in traffic. So she's like, OK, well, let's tailgate, pack a cooler with some munchies and some cold drinks and, you know, we'll be good. I was like, OK, so I pack the cooler. I get the cooler out in the car. I drag the chairs out to the car. I get a blanket out. Of the car. I get everything set to go. We get there and she's on the phone with our daughter. I said, I'll set everything up. So I'd like get the blanket out, I get the chairs out, get the cooler out. I pour a drink for her. I get it sitting there for her. I get everything ready to go. And she plops down and she goes, aren't you glad that I'm not? high maintenance and like <laughs> I don't need anything fancy this is all I need and I'm like uh-huh <laughs> right at that moment that's hilarious <laughs> I said that, that's like a five-year-old going on vacation I'm so low, low maintenance while meanwhile mom and dad have got like eight water water floaties on their arms that's, and towels yeah, and I can sunscreen em- and everything else empathize that's that's me and my husband on vacation because he loves he claims he loves to plan it yeah so he's dealing with all these details like what are we going to use for wi-fi when we're out of the country and mm-hmm. what about our tickets and what about our rental car and what about insurance for our rental car and my my international driver's license and then I go this is such a relaxing trip. This is so fun. Right. Your Let's biggest, go again. Your biggest worry is how many outfits can I fit in my suitcase? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> True story. And then declare yourself low maintenance. <laughs> 
So you like me when you, you start hearing people talk about the economy, especially economists, your your brain kind of goes into a test pattern. You're like, what? They're like, oh, yeah, the GDP and the XYZ are showing enormous growth and therefore everything's great. And you're like, well, why am I broke then? <laughs> All right. So uh, here's what you can do to see really how the economy is doing in terms we can understand. Pay attention to what people are and are not buying at Walmart. Okay. And Walmart uh, executives say they are making more on groceries now than any time they can remember. And it's because groceries are more expensive now than any time they can remember. And uh, people are buying basics and off-brand groceries now than they were like a year ago or two years ago. Because everything's just getting so expensive. The other thing that they're seeing is even though... Grocery store money is going up. Uh, things like clothes and toys, unless they put them on discount and sale, nobody's buying them. Mm, and they're saying like that is a really good indication of where people's, uh, where their heads and their wallets are. Mm-hmm. That they just don't feel, even if they do have money, they don't feel like they should be spending it on that right now because they don't have the confidence that things are going to get better anytime soon. And they got to do that thing called eat every day here's what i i get really confused and maybe it's just a an economics a reality of people's situations and how much money they're making but you've got that come out and then you've got travel is booming and it's almost back to pre-pandemic levels so you're kind of like wait so i guess they're not buying clothes but then they're buying plane tickets i don't know maybe and and not only is travel booming but it's more expensive now than oh, it's been yeah. like in you know years past or mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, it, it is weird when you start talking about how do people spend their money, right? You know, what they'll justify it on and what what they won't. So, but that's what Walmart's saying. So that you may be feeling that you may be like, oh yeah, I used to take a spin through the clothing section when I'd go in for groceries. I don't even do it anymore. Maybe that's you. Coming up in just a minute. Think about this for a sec. Do you feel pressure to keep your kids entertained? Do you feel pressure sometimes to keep your kids entertained? Good news. Experts say when it comes to playtime, you should let your kids take the lead instead. The most important thing is to find time to give your kids your undivided attention. Mix it up with different types of play. Remember, everything can be a game, including household chores. And finally, a little play goes a long way when it comes to bonding with your kids. And then I really, I have noticed um, some of my friends who have young children they are really strategically trying to get their kids to, to do independent play. They just hmm. like, instead of like, yeah. well, what can we do next? It's just go play. Just go play. Yeah. You, you can figure it out. You'll figure it out. Go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so impressive because that's rare nowadays. Yeah. What do they say? What is the uh, the mother of, of invention? Necessity is my boredom is the mother of creativity. <laughs> creativity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It is interesting that moms and dads today feel pressure to entertain their kids. I've, I feel it when I'm with my nieces and nephews as an aunt. Hmm. Oh, man, do I feel it. My mom will get after me. She's like, you don't have to entertain them the whole time. <laughs> um, but I thought it'd be fun to look back to when you were a kid and what were some of the crazy things you got into hmm. because you were in charge of entertaining yourself yeah, when you were little. Mom wasn't going to do it for yeah. us, right? Yeah. Okay. Give us a call. Hey, Jenny, we're talking about how there's no harm in moms and dads telling the kids, just go outside and play, find something to do. So what did you do when you were a kid for self-entertainment? I'm an 80s baby. So back in the day, we were made to go outside and play and entertain (laughs) ourselves from daylight to dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? My mom had a bell she would ring. It was on our porch. 
because we were uh-huh. never within sight. And she'd ring the bell. That meant come home. That's cool. And here's the funny part. My wife had it, and she would use it to call our kids in. I love it. Same exactly. bell. Exactly. <laughs> yes. We would build forts. We we would just play outside and be kids. And kids these days do not know how to do that. Yeah. I got to give it to the parents in my neighborhood. They are really good at getting the kids outside. You know what we did as kids? I grew up right outside of Chicago, and we had a lot of toll lanes around so we had a long cement driveway, and we use these white rocks from the garden. Yeah, and that was how you paid your toll, whether you were on a big wheel, a skateboard, a <laughs> you scooter, were paid to play toll a bike. You, we played toll booth because that's what we emulated in the world around us. Nowadays, they'd have an app, an app, and a video game. Right. <laughs> We're talking about kids getting outside and entertaining themselves, finding stuff to do. Uh, my kids have always been really good at that. I've, I've got to give Tracy the credit for it. Um, my son, Kyle, uh, he used to like to, he's a voracious reader, still is. If you can inter- introduce your kids to books, they'll never be bored a day in their life, right? He used to climb up in the tree uh, in our backyard and he would sit up there for, it seems like, hours that's just so cool. re- reading books. But then I he and his, his buddies, they got into, um, you know, every kid has a wagon. Well, because they're boys and they were like ages, probably the, the little gang he hung around with. They were like eight to 12 years old. Uh, they didn't just have wagons. They would do wagon races. Uh, oh, wow. The street in front of our house <laughs> yeah, ended in a cul-de-sac and it was downhill. <gasps> and yeah, we went through one summer, probably about three wagons because they would race. And crash. And of course, well... <laughs> Because they're boys and they're uber competitive, they would like kind of kick at each other as they were going down the hill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that was that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And then when they discovered music and guitars and drums, they they went from wagon racing to garage band. So they always always seemed like they had something something to do. They were left to their own devices. 